Welcome to the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, hosted by veterinarians Dr. Lewis Kirkham and Dr. Robbie Anderton, who'll give you the inside scoop on the secret lives of your pets and have a lighthearted look at the latest animal news, health tips, and other random facts. All names of people and pets have been changed for confidentiality, so if the story sounds familiar, don't flatter yourself. Every owner is just as animal crazy as you are. So sit down, place your furry feathered or scaly best friend on your lap, and it's over to Lewis and Robbie. Hello and welcome listeners to episode 151 of the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, or too much talking pets is barely enough. I'm Dr. Robbie Ennard, and I'm joined face-to-face, back in the same room, to hell with COVID. We're back, face-to-face, Two Vets Talk Pets Dr. Lewis Kirkham. Lewis, how are you going? It's great, mate. It's great to be in the same cave, isn't it? Isn't this weird? It is very weird. Well, it took us about 15 minutes to work out how to use the recording oh, equipment oh, again. Too bad. Too bad. And everything, half of it's broken. We can't work <laughs> out. The, the headphone cable wouldn't work. And then uh, Where's the extension cord? Because yeah, yeah. we're, um, we're, we're recording in the front room of the renovated house now. And um, yeah, which is, it's actually not a bad little space for it it's been real but we're both reclining on our on, on the couch you know just sort of leaning back enjoying the uh enjoying the prosperity of, of podcasting it, it's very it's very relaxed man i'm loving it. i'm actually it's great to be face to face at you know um across across the room renovated house beautifully renovated house listeners amazing really really good job and Yes, listeners, I have taken my shoes off. He did when take I, his shoes off, everybody. Inside, yes. he, he did sort of look at me, and, and when I greeted Lewis, and the fact that I was wearing thongs over socks, um, it was uh, it was a fate accomplished that I was going to be taking my shoes off. Uh, and I mainly did that just so that way he felt comfortable of knowing that then he also could take his shoes off, rather than it being an expectation, just that if it's, if the host has done it, then it's easier for him to follow along. There was In, in the parlance of, of behaviour, there was a heavy cue there. A heavy cue? For, for me to take, take my shoes off. It wasn't a command but definitely no. a heavy cue with with you shedding yours a for me t- yeah and the look a kind of stern look at my f- at me then down at my feet as I went to step over the threshold I went oh right I better just uh take those shoes off well I'm glad you missed the subtle sign of me starting to shut the door in your face <laughs> in until you actually bent down to start taking your shoes off it was like I brought some food or you might have might have actually shut the door in my face and go, yep. nah, get out I, I don't think Ruben would have let you in if no. it had not been for the uh not been for the donuts so <laughs> <laughs> very nice mate how's your week been uh, yes, yeah, so it's been a uh, an interesting week this week. As I, I think I always usually describe my weeks as being interesting. I've um, uh, through the many things of spinning many plates, you know, uh, team managing of the of, the, of, of Ruben's football, and you know, trying to uh, do things with the dad's group and all that sort of stuff. But we're trying to be a really really supportive with my with my staff, Lewis, and um, and one of the the staff that started with us recently was. Um, they got into contact with me uh, the, the day after their shift and said, "Oh, look, I'm, I'm a little bit worried about about this dog that I saw yesterday. Oh, you know, it was a this puppy's about sort of you know seven or eight months old, little Doberman. That um, was a a nail trim. Was it Sean? Sean no, and no, his no, nail trim. This wasn't Sean. as one no, of the oh, one, oh, one of the more experienced sorry. staff yep. members. Yep. Um, and uh, and said, "Oh, look, yo, he's." He was a bit off his food, but he's, he was really bright. And his tummy seemed didn't seem painful at all, but you know, just worried that there might have been something going on. And I said, "Well, look, um, how about I give the give the clinic a call and, and find out what's going on?" Because yeah, give the owner a ring, yeah. It, this staff member was Christina, so she. Was, yeah, oh. it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it's after the kids are gone to school. It's going, oh, 
oh, I'm worried about what this dog's doing. I said, oh. look, let's let's ring up and I'll, I'll, I'll ring up. I'll get Linda find out what's going. On. Oh, yeah, do you think? I said, look, if if you're gonna be stewing about it all day, let's find out what the dog's doing because then if there's any problems, they can get it back in again. See what's happening. Um, and so I rang up Lynn Lynn said, leave it with me. No, no problems. Uh, about 10 minutes later, a text message comes through saying, uh, Billy is doing fine. He's just passed a 40 centimeter piece of rope, uh, from a rope toy out in his poo, uh, and is now running around and feeling magnificent. Owner's very happy. We'll see you tomorrow. Well done. So, That's you know, great. so, so some, sometimes part of our job as well as is just trying to help to, uh, Help to build the confidence of our, uh, of, our, of, our of the staff members in the within the practice. Well, it's not uncommon to, for us to take work home in that sense. I recommend. I reckon sometimes you know you get home and you there is always often a case that you're worried about during the day that you're thinking, oh, you know, is that going to be or did I do the right thing? Did, yeah. Was it right to send it home? Is in hospital? Is it going to be okay? So yeah, you know, I think it is. It's always on our minds as vets that you're always potentially thinking about some some other you know pet or worrying about a case. So good that uh, you could just ring the clinic and find everything was fine. Everything was good and it, you're absolutely right it's that inability to compartmentalize yeah, right. that, I, that i think we really struggle with yeah. is, um in in this industry and it's i'm sure there's other industries that do it too but um i think it's the the fact that you know that if something goes wrong that you know and it's, it's part of that sort of that that not so much self-doubt but that thing of where you go oh have I missed something? You know, is there something? You know, and it's like, geez, we're experienced vets. Is there something bad? Like, you're not going to send a, a an eight month old puppy that's lying flat out on its side home, going, or oh, maybe it's yeah, ma- maybe it's give just it. got a little bit of gastro. We'll give it a, a, an anti nausea yeah. injection. And we'll see you again tomorrow. Yes, you know, yeah. If it's if it's climbing the walls and stuff, well, the dog's feeling great. Mm. But, um, but yeah, it is it is hard to switch off. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. And speaking of things coming out of bumps, I actually heard a story this week. Um, uh, it was April Fools. Hey, okay, Recently, nice one. Uh, well, two months ago. <laughs> two, no, one month ago. We're in April. Is it April or May? It is, it is still April. Yeah, right. So April it started this month, April yeah. Fools, and a, a friend of the podcast, George Clooney. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah George Clooney. Yeah, yes, yeah. Uh, April Fools. Uh, uh, I'm not sure if. Uh, I think uh, it must have been with his partner at the time living together. Yeah. And they've got a cat in the house. And uh, and uh, April Fool's, uh, leading up to April Fool's, uh, the week of uh, before, it might have been a week, 10 days beforehand, uh, the cat litter. Yes. Uh, when the cat would do a poo, yeah. he would get to the the poo before his partner would see it. Okay. And, and he was just throwing the poo out. Yeah, right. And leaving the litter there. And so over about 10 days, the his partner started getting a little bit concerned. concerned. Saying the cat hasn't done a poo. <laughs> he seems quite fine. He's, he's walking around the cat's okay. Happy as. Yeah, he's all, all happy. Everything's, everything's going really well. And uh, and yeah, and but uh, but he hasn't done a poo. But I don't think we're taking him to the vet because he seems quite healthy. He's doing everything normal. Maybe he's quite constipated though. Yeah. And uh, April Fools comes. George goes over to the litter tray. Just uh, just drops the dax, squats down, and <laughs> and just uh, and, and dr- and just puts a, a human sized cat. Uh, in the litter tray, just a big cigar. Yeah, you know, this, this is the the ER, you know, Ocean's Eleven, George <laughs> yes. Clooney, Fr- friend of the two vets, top vets, friend of the podcast. Yeah, yeah just squ- squatted over the uh, yeah. over the cat litter tray. Yeah, right. on April Fools to go look. He obviously was was quite backed up there because he's wow. he's put a quite a large forearm size. <laughs> <laughs> sit down down there. There's some corn in there. I didn't realise the cat ate corn. Yeah. You know? Now, that could be an urban myth, but I heard it on another podcast. So, 
George, friend of the podcast. If you're listening, George, let us know. Did he put that on Instagram, did he? You know, I'm, that not, was, sure. Uh, I'm not sure if George is on Instagram. No. <laughs> it might be a bit old for Instagram. Maybe. Maybe, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, that's, a, that's a, an interesting... Uh, yeah, I guess. So, <laughs> anyone out there that want to prepare for April Fool's next year? So. A little oh. bit of an idea for you. Well, you know what? What? Uh, yeah, exactly. One month and a day after April's fall is um, is Flynn's walk this year. Yes. So, yes. Um, so I actually uh, I messaged um, a good mate, uh, Big Jack Levitt. Yep. From uh, from Flynn's walk because uh, I I needed to confirm with him whether or not he was going to be interested in being being the faux Lewis for the uh, for the vet mental health ball. Yeah. He's a little he's here. a little reluctant, Lewis. He's a is little he? he's a little bit worried that he might not be able to fit fill in your shoes. I so. can I can I can appreciate that. There are many that have tried to imitate in the past. Yeah. And it's just not not quite up. But you now I, I feel Jack. Jack I feel Jack bit, you know. I feel comfortable he can take it. Jack could do it. Take take the role. Like, look, I'll leave my shoes at the front door. Oh, nice. And he can come pick them up and and see if he see if he feels them. See if he can fit in there. Yeah. Oh, well, I guess the other thing we could do, we could actually get a like a cardboard cutout of you, yeah, and sort of put you put you up just behind the lectern there, and Jack can just jump in behind there and you know just oh, pretend. Oh, to be you. I thought you were going to say throw some darts, you know, <laughs> do some uh, do some axe throwing into not, the, not into the cardboard mate, cutout. Jack. Not our mate Jack. No, um, some some ca- axe throwing into the cardboard cutout of me. I was thinking now just to oh you could get you on the spinning wheel yeah. as well yeah yeah William Tell style um, so uh, so listeners will remember um, you know we, we've, we're pretty big on, on promoting Flynn's Walk so um, so this year it's Sunday May the second um, from nine a.m. to one p.m. Um, down at Williamstown Tennis Club <coughs> at the corner of Morris Street and the Esplanade in Williamstown but there's also Flynn's Walk in Canberra which is on Sunday May the sixteenth uh, from ten a.m. Commonwealth Place, Wiz, well, Queen Elizabeth Terrace in Canberra in Bryce. the ACT. Yeah, so two okay. two venues so far for Flynn's Walk. So if you're interested, um, get on down. Oh, I've got to be a throw, throw my throat, but Flynn's Walk is in uh, memory of Flynn Hargraves. Yes. Isn't yep. it? The um, vet who tragically... Um, lost his life um, a few years a ago, now. Years ago um, now, and uh, and yeah, there, there was this walk has been set up in his memory to help to try and keep promoting the importance of mental health, particularly in the veterinary industry, with vets and nurses to try and curb the uh, the, the disproportionately high number of, uh, of of mental health issues and associated suicides that we have uh, in this industry. So, yeah. um, so, so that's next next weekend, then, mate, isn't it? It, it is yeah. next weekend. Next weekend. Yeah. So um, we'll be there, won't we? Uh, we will be. I'll, I'll be there a, a, a little bit. <laughs> Hang late. on a second. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to be there a little bit late. Sorry, Jackie, because um. I'm team manager of the kids' football. And I can't. Oh yeah, the footy's come. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you so. will be there. But if you're still there, come say good day. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, we'll we're uh, happy to have a um, happy to have a chat. I mean, it's not just for vets or vets nurses. It's it's for owners. Uh, if you own a pet or non-owners or you know just people who want to support the industry, really, just get out and support. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, because it's a it's an important thing. Um, I think you've got a Flynn's Walk beanie of mine at your place, don't I you? Should have brought it today. You can bring mate. it along. Bring it along. Yes, I will. Yes, yes, I will. Around with that, yeah, nice yeah, one. no, for sure, definitely. Hey, I'm um a couple of weeks. I'm heading off to Wyala, mate. Wyala, Wyala. You been to Wyala? Uh, I haven't. No, no. no it's, so, I've, I've managed to avoid the uh the the, the particular the Steel the, City, the Steel City. Now, my cousin worked there for a while, but oh, I was right. over there. Oh, there yeah. you go. Well, the, there's a the uh the annual uh giant uh cuttlefish mating season. Really? Yes. Wow. Every year in Wyala between. 
Oh, April to July. Yep. They come into the shallows there and uh, and they just get, get, get it on. Get the funky on. Yeah. A little, little bit of Barry Wine, a little bit of you know, yeah. mood music. You yeah. Know? yeah. Yeah. And, and they have a tentacular time. Well, yeah, they've got tendrils. They're amazing. Have you seen them? I have not. No. They're no, about, no, 50, about 50 centimetres long. Right. And they can change colour. To whatever colour they want to be. So, oh wow! So they often change. Is that part of their part of their attraction thing? Like, is it like for like they go sort of colour to colour sort of situation? There, oh, or? so you got to match up. So I could be like a you know you know or you know, yeah, you know yeah. or that that like the memory game. Yeah, they play me- with kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, you got to keep, Cut- keep re- looking under the un- under the the different cuttlefishes and try and yeah. find the one that's got the red polka dots <laughs> potentially. But we just go off the shore and, and snorkel there. So we're flying in for the for the day uh, for a couple of days. On the long weekend and uh, and go and swim with uh, in the freezing water. Nice with yeah. uh, with with some of these giant cuttlefish. So that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. So anyone who's in the air, you know, hasn't heard of that, get get down have a look. Something to do in Australia. Anybody else that wants to watch some private time that usually ah. you know, would. Uh, bow, yeah, bow, 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 bow. Wow. Yeah. You know, gee, was, yeah well, at least your, at least your girls are old enough to be sort of uh, have had the conversation of what sort of happens in those sorts of situations, rather than you know, if I had to tell you why the why. The cuttlefish trying to join together, Dad. Well, well that's the old, just the old piggyback story, eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think what one of them is true. They're trying to they're trying to just just leapfrog, and they just can't quite make it. They got to work on their quad strength a little bit more. <laughs> very good, very good. Yeah. Uh, so Zilkeen, Zilkeen is still with us. Good old Zilkeen. Um, oh, geez, we've. We just about run out of it on the shelf this week. Yeah. Like, I've been going through it like mad. I've had um, – because we've had uh, – here in Melbourne, we're going from summer well, – it wasn't much of a summer, but from summer into autumn, going into the cooler weather. And I don't know whether or not you've, you you have this experience too, but the cats that sometimes like to go out and relieve themselves outside don't really like this crappy turn of weather. And so they often then start to have, uh, you know, uh, the associated urinary tract signs yep. where they're straining to wee and urinating inappropriately around yep. the house. So I've been, um, I've just been shoveling, shoveling Zilkeen out the door, trying to see if I can help with these, all these fluted kitties. Yeah, help with their anxiety of, uh, you know, the, the potential anxiety that's associated with that problem. Yes. Excellent. Yeah. Good yeah, stuff. Working because it's the protein that's in there that's from milk. So I, the way I describe it to owners is that, uh, you know, with babies getting milk drunk, that, that mammals have the uh, – so they did it behind the fourth wall. Yeah. You know? So babies get milk drunk because there's the protein, alpha-cazosapine, for those of you keeping score at home, uh, that binds to a receptor in the brain that helps mammalian uh, uh, feed uh, – milk feeding babies to relax wow. and even though they're not breastfeeding anymore they still have the receptor so the highly refined pro uh, powder form of this power of this protein you put it on their food hits that receptor helps to try and relax them down it's no wonder it's running off the shelf mate, that sort of a description thinking the same thing mate you're just exhausting supplies of that that chat definitely yeah, and, and happy for Zilkeen to give us a little bit more money. They can trademark <laughs> that. They can. They, I'm, I'm happy to do a vox pop for them to, uh, to in order to get that 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 particular description method out there, Lewis. Very nice, mate. And also, a big thank you to Delicate Care. Uh, the the Australian made Australian owned. Pass over to you. Hey, join me to take over, mate. Yeah, um, yeah, and, and just despite the fact that there's lockdown in Perth at the moment, I'm sure I can still get out. Uh, there's many many different, yeah. uh, different three day lockdown. There. Three day lockdown in Perth. Yeah, yeah. I don't know whether or not Premier McGowan's sort of uh, eating humble pie after all that time of not letting dirty Victorians into his state, and now uh, you know they've, they've they've let it out, and then the poor Vic- poor innocent Victorians been uh, been affected. Or oh, humble pie, or or maybe delicate care. 
Delicate care might have sorted him out. Eating some pet food, definitely. So definitely no COVID being able to be caught from delicate care as far as we know. So so, so he's still still perfectly safe. Um, As Lewis said, Australian made, Australian owned. Really get into it if you've got a uh, a dog or a cat that has some uh, some skin or stomach issues because they have quite a good novel protein diet, the kangaroo and duck diet. It's uh it's it's pretty flash. Excellent, and also big thank you to our Patreon supporters. Um, maybe now things are settling down and we're getting face to face. We might get a bit more, a uh, bit more uh, chance of doing some content. Yes, maybe. We, we, I think there was a, there was a few minutes there at the start of the uh, you know when you when you're recording. Not too blue. It's all good. I'm sure you could, you know, just sort of One just, just tri- trim trim that off and just, uh, you know, just quickly dump that on Patreon. Just a quick 90 seconds worth of, you know, behind the scenes action for listeners. We do appreciate you guys. Um, thank you very much. Absolutely. Patreon.com. Search for Two Vets Talk Pets. Yeah, nice. Uh, this, oh, I saw an article this week. Actually, I don't know where it's from. I haven't got uh, reference anyone if I've <laughs> talked about it and someone says that's my article, let me know. But this is, uh, this is uh, by Claudia DeMuro. Um, one minute read, so one minute not read. too long. Excellent, very good. good. Yeah, always helpful. Uh, a strange creature in a tree terrorised a number of people in Krakow, Poland, for two days. Two days. Two days. A strange creature for two days. Crikey. BBC News reports. Oh, BBC News. Perhaps there you that's go. a report there. Yeah. <laughs> How officers of the Krakow Animal Welfare Society had received a frantic phone call explaining how a weird animal, which people had supposed to either to be either a bird of prey or some sort of reptile right. had taken up residence in a lilac tree. Oh, well, well the lilac yeah, trees sweet. are very nice. That's sweet. According to one woman, people in the area had become so frightened of the creature that they had stopped opening their windows uh, uh, lest this unknown specimen make its way into their homes. Wow. Jeez, that's some, that's some real community fear there. Uh, the BBC further reports how the Krakow Animal Welfare Society responded to the scene, finding not a bird, nor a reptile. No. Nor Superman. No, not a Superman. Nor even an alien species portending Earth's doom in the tree, but... A cat. A croissant. How a croissant lodged itself in the lilac tree is a whole other question. Did it somehow gain some type of sentience, leading it to escape a brunch in which it would die amongst bottomless mimosas? What is actually the reptile the residents had thought it'd be, only cleverly disguised as something delicious? Or was it just sick of people going on and on about the o of a price sham of a cousin, the cronut? <laughs> this is great writing. This can see why one, one minute really piqued yeah. my interest. Absolutely, yeah, for sure. For Society sure. has a theory that's a bit more lackluster. The organisation's officials stated it may have gotten stuck up there after someone tossed it out to feed the birds. Wow, things are going pretty well in Krakow for people to be shoving, uh, yeah, yeah, throwing croissants out the, the expensive window. Expensive croissants. Yeah, maybe it was maybe it was a bit stale, like a hard croissant. Yeah, know? or it might have been one of those cronuts. Yeah, maybe it definitely wouldn't have been the lovely sourdough. That I couldn't smell when I came into your house today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a couple of days old the sourdough now. It's, a, it's, 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 well, got, it's gotten a little, gotten a little, little damp. But that's right. Well, toast. Well, I did want to mention it was it was more soury dough. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that any bird with good taste will ignore a whole free croissant for two days is also suspicious. But maybe they're watching their figures for the summer mating season. <laughs> You've got a feel for these poor BBC writers that are under some sort of directions that you have to write a certain number of, of articles every day. Here you go. This is yours today. We need one minute read. 
on a cross on a croissant. Is a croissant, croissant in a tree stuck in, in a lilac tree? Excellent, thank in Krakow. you. What the Krakow Animal Welfare Society did with the croissant upon the investigation's close remains unknown. Stay tuned, and we'll be back with a sequel next week on yeah. Two Pets. It's Top just pets. It's, just, it's just a croissant, Scully. No, it's not Mulder. Um, so it uh, is mouldy. It's been out of the tree uh, two uh, days. Yeah, unless it was yeah. a plastic croissant. Maybe it could have been no a plastic croissant. That. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that would have been at the top of my list of thinking. Maybe it it looks like a croissant, but somebody's just actually knocked off a, a fake croissant from the the window display of a a French patissiere in uh in in Krakow, Poland, and uh and and thinking, what am I going to do with this plastic croissant? I oh, know I'm just going to chuck it in this tree. A, a cardboard cut out of a croissant, similar to the the mental health ball, where it's going to be cardboard cut out of Lewis. Absolutely. Maybe I was in the tree as well. There's no mention of that. No, just, have, have you there with, with a croissant? Just yeah, check on the, on the cardboard cutting. Yeah. mention of me in there. See, so, you now the interesting thing with mm. that is that that's the sort of thing that you could imagine that if it happened back in the 1600s, someone would have lost their head because they would have been called a witch. Yeah, because it was something weird in a tree and it just turned out to be, you know, someone's, you know, moccasin or something like that. And I'm not sure if they still had croissants. Yeah, back in the back in the 1600s. But that's the sort of weird stuff that you expect would have happened 500 years ago. Not not now. When was a croissant invented? It's an excellent question, and and and, yeah. and one and one that I'll investigate for next week. Exactly, sounds good. <laughs> um, so, uh, so I, I, I on, on again, uh, other loosely, uh, loosely animal related articles that I found today um, uh, is a, a a story from um, through Nine News from CNN um, about the. Uh, so I'm, I'm not going to talk about what the. Not going to go with the the headline because it's going to give away what's going on. Yes, but as I didn't for the croissant story because yes. it's a uh, strange creature terrorised Polish city residents turns out to be a croissant. There you, you go. Kind of want to spoil the the you know, the whole build up over the minute. No, no, no. The, 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 the punchline of boom. Well, I think this is about the same. So I don't know what we're going to do for the other forty minutes of our, <laughs> of our podcast. I think my one's about a minute read as well. We, we've we've never actually. I mean, your dad would be really happy if we actually succinctly run through these minute minute long you know, we've got, stories. got 10 one minute stories and that's it <laughs> and it's a, it still takes us an hour and a half yes, to get through it, it uh, uh, podcasting um so uh here so this is from the 22nd of february it's my brother's birthday actually it's my brother's 40th birthday on that day so there you go oh, happy, happy birthday, birthday uncle dave um oh. u.s sheriff's deputies in ohio were called when a suspicious bag was found outside a church uh, upon um, upon opening the suspicious package on Thursday, the bomb unit from the Butler County Sheriff's Office Ooh. discovered a cat and her six adorable one-day kittens. Aww. When specialist Mike Grimes and Detective Detheridge arrived, they didn't hear ticking, they heard purring, the, shar- the Sheriff's Office said in a Facebook post. I don't think they put many Facebook posts on for actual bomb... Uh, <laughs> Disarmings. Yeah. I mean, usually, it's more for more for kitten kitten related things on the the Ohio Sheriff's Department. Yeah, the, bu- the Butler page. Bomb page is uh is not there's not many posts, is there? Really, no, no. it's not like this is one we blew up earlier. Yeah, joined yeah you know, joined Facebook in yeah you know, yeah Feb- February nineteenth. Yeah, there's like one story on there. Um, so, uh, yeah, or the you know before and after. So the church, this is the church, and then after no church, no church, yeah, yes. sort of thing. You know, this was unfortunately wasn't successful in disarming today's bomb. But you know, stay tuned for the next episode, next post. And three years controversially later, there's a there's a big condominium there where people <laughs> get to. You know. 
Um, so along with the family of felines was a handwritten message oh. written on a paper napkin stating that Sprinkles went into labour the day before. Sprinkles. Mum's name is Sprinkles. She began giving birth at 2pm Wednesday, February 17th, according to the note. The sheriff's office took the cat and her kittens to Animal Friends Humane Society in Hamilton, where they are warm, cosy and fed. The animal shelter said in a Facebook post on Friday that the kittens received baths when they arrived because they were soaked in their mother's urine. Sprinkles purring throughout it all, received her vaccines and blood test and appears to be in good health, according to the shelter's post. So I certainly don't think she was a feral cat. You know, she's a feral cat that has her kittens. They're usually not going to allow blood tests and vaccinations. Usually they're ones that are you know, strip barking handlers. Yeah, arms. and then aren't many feral cats called Sprinkles either. In my mind, no, yeah, yeah, in your experience, yeah, my experience, yes, yeah. yeah, over years of seeing feral cats and, and cats love called, cats and cats called sprinkles. Yes. Those two, those two Venn diagrams are usually fairly far apart. Spot on. There is no overlap. There's no overlap no. in there. There's no. There's no, no. common space between <laughs> sprinkles and feral cats. Feral. feral cats have been known to sprinkle. But not well, called sprinkling. Well, this one had done some sprinkling on the kittens, so you say. Well, I think that's more twinkling than sprinkling. Oh, twinkling. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's more of a twinkle than a sprinkle. Yes. Well, I mean, not to not to get too too you know sort of technical on you there, Lewis. Um, so the shelter is going to provide updates, regular updates on sprinkles because they need content um, so, as, so as the, they grow and mature over the next two months. So oh, lovely. So the but the the note was written on the seventeenth. Yes. Had labour, and then five days later, we're at the church. No, 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 no. So, oh, that was, so the, it would have taken five days for the, the Facebook the, for, post. For the sub-editor oh, to, to have found this on right. the Facebook post, yeah. trawling through <laughs> yes. much the same as your as your croissant tree monster uh, for someone <laughs> to look and go, oh, God, I need another article. Oh, hang on, here's some, here's some kittens that they thought was a bomb. That's it. That's another, that's another one-minute read. Here you go, editor. And that's very similar to what we did when we were getting content ready for the podcast, wasn't it? Absolutely. Need another article. Need another article. Someone, someone, oh. give me something else. Well, that's sweet. I wonder why they. Why would you drop your kittens outside the church? I mean, yes, sure. It's a you know, caring environment where you know, um, you know, people you know take in, uh, you know, people that need support. I suppose you know, pastoral care, that sort of thing. But surely, your shelter or your your vet clinic potentially for if, young kittens. But if you think about it from uh, you know popular culture, that's always where the orphans get left. Orphans always oh. would either get left at the church. Or at the orphanage, and well, there's probably no orphanages anymore, so they just leave it at the church. Right, or in a basket in reeds, just floating down the river. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes. That's, that's that's another one. Yeah, you know, where where they can be like a like like in that old movie Willow. Yeah, yeah where they, they find the daikini child. Is that the one where the the, the um, there's an alien? Is that Willow? No, 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 no. no. So yeah. Willow's the Willow was the the Lord of the Rings that oh. wasn't the Lord of the Rings. It was made by Ron Howard, where it had um like the the. The, the village of um, of short-statured people that find the, um, the the baby in the reeds. Turns out the baby's you know, going to be this... An alien. No, no, the baby's oh. been prophesied that she's going to bring down the down, the downfall of the evil queen, Bad Morda. Um, and so the evil queen, Bad Morda, uh, sends out the these yep. hell dogs to try and find... Mulder, the, Mulder from X-Files, yeah, the alien. No, bad Mulder. Oh, Bad, bad Mulder. Mulder. Not, good, oh, not, good, not, not good Mulder. <laughs> bad Bad Morda. Bad Morda. <laughs> It's a great. It's on Disney Plus. I'm taking this it. so seriously. I, know. I love Willow. I know. I can tell. Willow's great. Val Kilmer's in I it as well. I can tell. Friend of the podcast. Too. Val Kilmer. Yeah. yeah. Did, he, did, did he? Did he grab in his cat's <laughs> litter tray as well? Or was it just George Clooney? <laughs> I think Willow did. Oh, did he? Yeah. 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 <laughs> 
Oh, friend of the podcast. Friend of the podcast. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, good stuff. What are we up to now? And it also, um, in, in more, you know, uh, uh, one, one minute... Um, uh, one, one minute articles that that, that a, a poor sub editors had to uh, had to try and fill up. Here's one from uh, from ABC News from the thirteenth of April. Um, Guinness World Records biggest rabbit stolen from home as police hunt for the culprit. Wow! So they, this is from London. Is that when they're hunting? Are they uh, are they on horseback with you know some some dogs and beagles. stuff? Yeah, be- be- beagles, beagles <laughs> hunt, <laughs> hunting for the rabbit. Yeah. Um, Police in England have found themselves with an unusual case on their hands after the world's largest rabbit suddenly disappeared from his home over the weekend. Darius, a continental giant rabbit who holds the Guinness World Record for being the biggest rabbit in the world at four feet and three inches long, 129 centimetres, vanished from his enclosure in Stolton, Worcestershire, and police have issued an urgent appeal for the return of the prize-winning bunny. It is believed that the continental giant rabbit was stolen from its enclosure in the garden of the property of its owners overnight on Saturday, 10th of April to the 11th of uh, April. Uh, the West Mercia Police in West England said in a statement. Uh, hang on a second. Hang on. What date was Easter this year? <sighs> it was a bit earlier, actually. I think Easter was Easter, Easter, Easter was. I think that was about the thirtieth of, of March. It was early this year. He would. It was just. It wasn't just going overnight, was he? No, 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 no. Because no, the no. largest rabbit might have done a bit of tour of the world. She was for the be, Easter. He'd be able to get there too. Let me show you a picture of this of this Lapine. Oh wow! Have a look at the size I of that. Tell thing. you what, you wouldn't want that poo in your litter it's like tray. Jeepers! Like a great Dane of rabbits, man. Um, so. Uh, Annette Edwards, Darius's owner, issued a plea on social media offering up a £1,000 fo- um, uh, reward for anyone who can help return the giant Leoprine. Which is just a Laprine, isn't it, bunnies? Leoprine? Yeah, it's got uh, like uh, le- a tiger. Le- leprine. L-E-P-O-R-I-N-E. Oh, yeah, the rabbit with its fingers coming off. Is it? <laughs> a Leprine. <laughs> leprine. <laughs> isn't it? Jeez! <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I thought, yeah, that, that's what that's what they get after they get mixomatosis. Yeah. Oh yeah, and they become leprons. Everything swells up a bit, doesn't it? Mixomatosis. <laughs> um, a very sad day. Guinness World Record: Darius has been stolen from his home. The police are doing their best to find out who has taken him. There is a reward of a thousand pounds. Darius is too old to breed now, so please bring him back. Edward said in her statement. Darius has held the record for being the largest rapper in the world for over 11 years. Wow. After the Guinness Book of World Records gave him his title on April the 6th, 2010. Gee whiz. The longest rabbit is Darius, a Flemish giant rabbit owned by Annette Edwards, who was found to be four foot three inches, 129 centimetres long, when measured for an article in the UK's Daily Mail newspaper on the 6th of April, says the Guinness World Record entry. For now, however, Darius remains missing and anyone with any information on his whereabouts is asked to contact the West Mercia Police. Now, um, just in, uh, in in what seems to be completely unrelated news is that there actually seems that there's a, uh, a special on down at the, uh, the local West Mercia... <laughs> Uh, 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 cricketers' arms on, uh, on on what they've got here is a, a rabbit stew. Um, a, you know, a, rare, a rare hair pie. Rare hair pie. Yeah, a, 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 a leper, leper, leperine <laughs> pie. Um, 
pie. Um, oh, and no, if anyone's chef, interested, chef's fingers in that one. You don't want that one. Don't, fingers have been in the, the pie. Fingers have been the, the, in the, leopard, in the pie. leopard pie. pie. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, so just in case anyone's interested in a uh, in a nice, uh, uh, apparently they're, uh, they're they've got an, uh, they've got enough for a week supply there. Um, four four a, feet supply of it. Four foot supply of uh, for this for this bunny stew. So if anyone's interested that in the West Mercia area, get on down to the uh, to the Cricketers Arms for a a lovely uh, lovely bunny Poor stew. Oh, Darius, I wonder if it. Seriously, just came home the next day. Just been out around the world, dropped off a few eggs. Yeah, came mate. back, Darius. Um, so then, then there's um, you know, some some comments. You know, oh, here we go. Here we go. Love it. Gazing at the sky, reply uh, uh, questions. Are they sure he didn't escape when he overheard them saying he was too old to breed? He is a rabbit after all. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. How do they know he's too old to breed? Have they? Yeah. You know, is that have they? Have they given the opportunities? Is he? Yeah, you know, I don't know, mate. When when we're a bit older, are we too old to breed? Is, is there a you can't a tell me that a one hundred and twenty cent nine centimeter rabbit couldn't be convinced to have some some Viagra to get the job done if required? Have some giant cuttlefish time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow! Here we go. There you go. Wow! There you go. Excellent. Well, I um, I uh, I got another article here. Uh, two minute, two minute read. Two minute read. Two good. minute read. A little bit long. Oh, we'll skip that one. Go to the next one. <laughs> Uh, dogs. Uh, this is uh, this is from thebark.com. It's about a, a journal pretty, article. Pretty, pretty rough, that reader. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not, uh, not quite as good as Leperine. I'll, I'll, I'll grant you that. It's a uh, distant second. <laughs> uh, dogs play more when people are watching. Interesting. Yeah, I thought this is really interesting. We know that uh, it's an interesting concept because I've. Um, I always say to owners that you know, yeah, you know, play, you know, give your dog toys to play with, environmental enrichment, that sort of thing. But the t- best toys are the toys attached to the owner. That's my sort of comment. So yep. it kind of indicates, okay, what's so, that like fingers? Yeah, well, toes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, it sort of indicates them that, that to get the dog interested in playing, really the best is is to have interaction with the owner. The owner actually yep. doing. It. You can't just put a toy down and go here, play with a toy. Yeah, as just think looking around. The lovely room here with the dog toys that, yeah, that dog Rosie has just discarded. Aren't attached to, to any human. No. Exactly. We know that dogs care about people paying attention to them, and we know that dogs generally enjoy human attention. Even so, it's intriguing to learn that being observed by people has a strong effect on one of their species' typical behaviours. In this case, play. Predictably, there's great interest in a new study showing that dogs play more when their owners are paying attention to them. There's always great interest in anything related to canine play, not the least because it's fun to watch. Fun to watch, yes. The study reported on in the journal Animal Cognition. I'll have to get my subscription updated on that one. Yes. Owner attention facilitates social play in a dog-dog dyads, canis lupus familiaris, evidence for an interspecific audience effect. Wow. Awesome. What a, what a great time. Or, as the Barkers put it, dogs play more when people are watching. I think that's probably better. Catchier. Yeah. Catchier. Yeah, yeah you definitely. can see that one on a T-shirt, not the first one. <laughs> yeah, no. It's not a one-minute read, is no, it? No, that, no, no. That, not, that, not, that this journal. is not in the title. No, it's right. It takes a minute to, to kind of just decode that title. We won't go through that. It's the first article, uh, journal article to directly evaluate an audience's effect on canine play. Dogs have previously been shown to be affected by human attention in other contests and by the attention of canine play partners. A 2007 study showed that most play occurs in familiar settings when a human is also present. And a 2014 study found that wolves and wolf-dog hybrids played more when people were present. 
However, these studies do not control for human attention. They only factored in human presence. Right, okay. Okay. In the current study, researchers investigated the effect of human attention as well as human presence on canine play. People offered their dogs attention in three ways. Making eye contact with them, patting them, and praising them. Sorry, there's three. One, making eye contact with them. Two, petting them. Three, praising them Mm. using an upbeat tone of voice. For the research... Pairs of dogs were videotaped in their own homes three times for five minutes each in each of the three following situations. One, the owner was in another room, absent. So just seeing what what the dog did, I guess. Two, uh, the owner was in another room with the dogs, but totally focused. Sorry, the owners were in the room with the dogs, but totally focused on a book or laptop or making no eye contact or social overtures present but inattentive. Yes, yeah, yep. Yeah. So just a typical, you know, human in 2021 playing on their phone. <laughs> Pretty yeah. much, yeah. That's, a, that's very true. Uh, uh, yeah, out to lunch with friends yeah. on your phone. <laughs> <laughs> or three, in the room with dogs making eye contact as well as offering verbal praise and patting. Present and attentive. attentive. Yes. It's in the words. Thank you. I love it. The videos were then analysed to determine the amount of time the dogs engaged in social play behaviour. This data showed that they played most when the owners were present and Attentive. attentive. Though the owners in the present and attentive, attentive condition were friendly with their dogs, they didn't encourage play in any way. Interesting. Ah. So they didn't grab the end of the rope toy. No. Who's a good dog? No, no. They were, they were just... They were just, uh, just there. Yeah. Attentive, present. And attentive. And attentive. So this looking game. Good. Oh, with some praise and patting. Yes. Oh, what a good dog. Good dog. Good dog. Pat, pat, pat. Uh, they didn't offer toys, attempt to wrestle or chase the dogs, or give other play associated cues. If social play occurred, the attentive owners continued to offer eye contact and verbal praise, but did not pet or make other physical contact with the dogs. It's unexpected and therefore curious that dogs have the option to play at any time, but are more likely to do so when the owners are watching them. The owners propose a number of possible explanations for the increase in play around attentive owners. One! Attention may be a reinforcement. So it's an encouragement. Makes sense. Meaning that play is reinforced by the owner's attention. Yeah, that would make yep. sense. Probably similar with kids in some respects. Well, I mean, kids, kids are, we are, uh, that's often the thing where kids are attention seeking. Yeah. Yeah, they don't necessarily. Look at me, look at me, Dad, look at me do yeah, this, yeah, look at yeah. me do this, look at this, look at this, Dad, Dad, look at me on the swing, I can do this. Yeah, okay, yep, yep. Look, look at this footy card of, of Dusty Martin where he's only got a neck tattoo, Dad, look at that one. That was, I yeah. was very impressed with that, Ruben, very, he's got to hang on to that, that's going to be worth a mint. <laughs> Number two, play may be a result of increased physiological arousal caused by owner attention. Righto? Yeah, okay. So it makes them a bit more... A bit more uh, animated. Yeah. Yeah, animated. Play may have been, uh, number three, play may have been reinforced in the past by other valuable offerings. Perhaps the owner regularly joined in with the play, Ah. took them outside or took them for a walk. That's Mm. a good point. Yep. Number four. Like a a preconditioned thing. Yeah. It's like, you know, something, I've I've done this and a previous response has happened that I like. I'm going to try it again. Exactly. Like when they drop the ball at your feet. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, you've thrown in the past or. Drop your feet again because you might throw it again. Yep. No, you're on your phones. All right. Stick it up your bum. I'm going to go back to bed. <laughs> yes. Attentive owners may make the dogs feel safe and comfortable. Necessary. Uh, safe and comfortable. Necessary condition. Necessary conditions. I'll get, <laughs> I'll get around. That. What was it? Accessory. What? Necessary conditions for play to occur. While animals can deepen their relationship through play, it does pose risks, including generating tension that may lead to aggression. 
Perhaps an attentive person makes that less likely, so play is more likely to occur. Number five, play could be an attempt to compete for the owner's attention. Yeah, Mm -hmm. compete with the phone. Yep. Six, it's possible the presence of an attentive owner enhances the dog's positive feelings. Perhaps causing an increase in oxytocin that results in a more positive overall emotional state in general. Future studies could explore how the attention of owners facilitates play. Additional studies could also elucidate which element or combination of elements of human attention, i.e. eye contact, praise, physical contact, are most relevant to encouraging canine play. In the meantime, we can take pleasure in watching our dogs while they play and praising them as they do so, knowing that we are part of the reason it's happening at all. Wow, what a warm fuzzy. That's a good little ending, what isn't it? Very, very yeah. well written. There's no author there, but... Uh, I do like how you managed to get Elucidate out as well, but you couldn't get Necessary. I, 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 with a frog I've got in my throat, I'm really <laughs> mumbling over all words at the moment, just everything. All right. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's good. That's good. That's good. On to the disclaimer. Yeah, I think so. Uh, all advice on the show is generally nature, so please consult your veterinarian before following any advice for your pet. We do our best to provide the most up to date information. But as veterinary medicine is continually advancing and changing, please let us know if we missed anything or if we need any clarification. Alrighty, guys. Uh, so um, we um, uh, Robbie's got an interesting topic this week uh, that we we deal with every day. In the vet clinic, uh, you know, whenever a, a pet's sort of coming into the clinic, isn't it something we, 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 we do with all the time? Yeah, I, I, what I wanted to um, do, and it's a bit of a, an interactive thing, Lewis, I wanted to try and get the, get the listeners involved, and it's something that we'll talk about a little bit now, but if you guys are, are interested in getting involved in the conversation, send us through um, your emails and responses to, you'll find us at uh, twovetstalkpets at gmail.com. What I wanted to try and discuss and try to sort of uh, unpack was, what we call informed consent. So whenever you're coming into a vet clinic, it's implied that you're giving us permission to treat your pet. Um, but what part of that then uh, do, do owners want in order to try and make sure that they feel informed enough with what their informed consent is? Yep. Because so if someone's dropping off their animal for a, a procedure, they will sign a consent form. Yes. Um, and on that form, there's some stuff and you assume that people read it, but maybe they do and maybe they don't. Um, but one of the, the big catch crosses that here in Victoria, that a Victorian veterinary board talk about, is is informed consent. Yes. So not just that you've got someone to sign a form, but actually that they have understood the form and, and what it is that they're actually getting, uh, that they're, they're getting a permission for. So um, what I wanted to ask people is, what what is it that you const- uh, that in your head constitutes informed consent what things do you want to know before you then would like to give your informed consent to your pet those sorts of things that you know, from my perspective are you know uh, obviously what the procedure is yes um what your perceived outcomes of yes. the procedure is going to be. You know, if you're going to go and do, um, so you know, I did a, um, a procedure I'll talk about an, another day, a um, friend of the show, um, Cloudy, uh, uh, one of her burners, I did a gastropexy on um, the other day. Um, so Prophylactic? Prophylactic. Sorry. Prophylactic gastropexy. Oh, that's good. Phew. Yes, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, just, just in desexing her. So I so went and of did a, a prophylactic gastropexy yep. while we were there. Um so you know what's the what's the, deter- the 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 planned outcome for it? What's the reason behind doing it? 
what are the risks? Yep. You know, what's the cost associated with it? Um, what are the, uh, yeah, well, going back to the risks, what are the risks with the procedure in general? What are the risks with that particular procedure? What are the chances of success? Yes. You know, um, but some some people will just show me where to sign and I'll sign and then away, yes. and away you go. But um, it, there's a lot more, I guess, emphasis being put on this this term informed consent so i'm just interested from our our listeners um and and this isn't just from um our our pet owning listeners but also any of our vet nurse listeners and things like that or vet listeners what do you guys feel like is implied of uh, that term informed consent in the context of what we're doing to pets in the in the veterinary industry i'd just be interested to see um what sort of uh what sort of uh feedback we get so okay um, so send Send us uh, into uh, uh, two vets talk pets at gmail.com. Um, we'll compile it and we'll have a bit of a have a bit of a, a deep dive on Sounds it. Sounds good. I think I think the thing I probably talk about potential complications as well. Yeah, you know, yeah, like risks and complications. Risks, yeah, yeah, risks and complications. That's pro- probably a big one. But sort of, it's hard to know how much owners really like. Some owners want to know everything. What's every potential? You know that that can go wrong. That sort of thing, and it can be hard to get everything on the list sometimes. Absolutely. Um, but um, but then other owners, you're right, yeah, they just sign up, see you later sort of thing, you know, trust, you know, what, you know, I'm happy with, uh, with, with what you're going to do and what you're recommending and that's all I want to know. So, yeah. yeah. And I think one of the big things too is that, you know, particularly that we see with, um, for, uh, uh, at the moment where we've got people that are first time pet owners um you know after everyone's gone and got uh, got pets recently is yeah, they may not have seen us very much or at all to establish that level mm. of trust you know mm. if, if if you've been seeing a client for the last 6 years and looking after their cat in that time there's that uh assumed you know, respect and trust that you've that you've developed over that time. That if you say I think your animal needs this procedure, then you're going to go, yeah, okay, right. Well, I'm going to believe them. Yep. Um. And and the the analogy I use with it is, you know, when you go and get your car serviced. You know, if you get your car serviced, but you get a phone call two hours later, say, oh, look, you know, the fan belt shot and this shot and that shot. No, is it I don't know what's wrong with my car. Mm. I don't know that there's any problems. Mm. So you need to, there is that element of trust there. Or is it just that, yeah, you just go, well, that's not my department and yours is, and I just you know, make the assumption that everything's mm. going along okay. Um, and I think the one of the tricky things that I find, because I, I, I've got a little saying that, infam- like I say to owners, because I do like to make sure I answer all of owners' questions and make sure they know what's going on in my head before I do a procedure. But you also don't want to talk them out of a procedure as well. Like you don't want to say that. Yeah, here are the yes. here here's the eighty seven things that can go wrong between when you drop your animal yes. off and when you come to pick it up. And you go, well, I'm never letting my dog outside of the house again. Mm. You know, mm. you don't when you when I know deep down that if any of those eighty seven things were actually a reasonable chance of happening. I wouldn't be doing the damn procedure in the first place. Well, that's right. You know, yeah, the, you can, uh, yeah, like the vaccines, mate, blood clots. Yes. So we're all about risk, aren't we, these days? Yeah, yeah, yeah risk, for sure. Yeah, so, um, but uh, interesting, when I had my shoulder done, shoulder reconstruction at the um, at the specialist, you know, years ago, there was nothing on the on the, uh, on the the consent form that said, uh, you will have a useless shoulder for two years. Right. Wasn't one of the complications written there. It possibly wouldn't have had it done. <laughs> See, so that's one yeah. of the things, isn't it? You yeah. know, like you'd... you'd, you'd, you'd 
Um, from a, a veterinary point of view, you, and this is something that I, I, I do often hear, people go, oh my goodness, you've explained stuff. So, and I'm sure there are human doctors out there that do take the time and explain things, but there's also going to be others that just go, well, no, hang on, I know what you need and you need this and, um, and go and see the nurse and she'll book it in for you. Yeah, it was, and you know, even an ethicist that I've, I've been to, I reckon, I, I don't think they... I don't specifically remember them going through everything yeah, that yeah. potentially could happen, but we tend to do it more in vets. Interesting, isn't it? It, it, it is an odd one. So, so, so if you please, please everyone get involved. You know, please, uh, yeah, send send us through your your questions, your comments. Uh, that email uh, email address again is two vets talk pets or one word at gmail.com. Love to hear what your thoughts are. Yeah, definitely. And um, if you've got any other questions, just general vet questions, you can yes. find us there as well. We're on the socials, Facebook, Instagram. Um, what was the other one? The ceiling fans that Robbie's on. Um, ceiling, ceiling fans. Ceiling fans. Yes, yes, ceiling fans dot com. Are us. RS. Yeah, yes. right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or something else fans. Can't remember what it was. Anyway. Collingwood fans. Yeah, Collingwood fans. That's yes, the one. That's yes, right. There's yes. some salacious stuff on there. Let's go and check it out. Unfortunately, there is. <laughs> It's not great. <laughs> and also, if you if you like what you heard today, we're face-to-face again. Get us yeah. on Patreon. Give us a little bit of support. We love a bit of a, um, you know, uh, we do appreciate everyone's support. So We do. Yeah, we love everyone listening. It's great. Yeah, it's uh, And it's good fun being back face-to-face again. How's that? Well, let's try, nice. try and see if we can do it again. You know, at, at some other stage again in the future, not in another 12 months. But before next lockdown. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but before the dirty Western Australians come back over here with all their delicate care. <laughs> Very nice. Oh, they love that plug. Very good. Alrighty, guys. We'll scratch you later. Peace out. Bye. Thanks for listening to Two Vets Talk Pets with Lewis and Robbie. To chat further about this week's episode or ask the guys any questions, search Two Vets Talk Pets on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or send an email to Two Vets Talk Pets at gmail.com. You can find Lewis on Twitter with the handle at VetBehaviorist. And more importantly, as the two pet heroes return to their day job of saving animals' lives, be sure to thank them with a five-star review on iTunes. Every time you do, a small, cute animal will receive a cuddle.